Welcome back to the You Are Immeasurable podcast. I'm Tanisha Hyde, your relationship transformation agitator. Our podcast is dedicated to my fellow Gen X women who have been surviving by hiding behind the mask that we are conditioned to wear and silently suffering from the overwhelm that we feel just trying to be all things to all people. Now, the focus of the podcast is going to be mindset, forgiveness, identifying, acknowledging, and healing our shadow self and our inner traumas from past things that we have not dealt with and becoming reacquainted with our full, true, authentic self. Our episodes will air weekly, and the purpose of our episodes is to remind you that you are beautifully perfect in all your imperfections, and that no matter who you are, you cannot pour from an empty cup. I'm here to hold space for you, to support you through your transformation, to agitate your thoughts, and to give you inspiration that will help guide you through your healing, your rebuilding, and reevaluating your relationships. Starting with the relationship that you have with yourself and then moving on to your relationships with others. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for the mask to come off and to live freely in your beautiful, authentic self? Well, if so, I want you to grab a glass of your favorite beverage. I've got mine, and we're going to virtually toast to one another's transformation. You ready? Let's get started. So today, we're going to continue our conversation about the mother wound. And if you missed the previous episode, I encourage you to go back and check it out. Because I want you to have an understanding of where this, where this wound comes from, where it starts and how it basically moves from generation to generation, from mother to daughter over and over and over unless or rather until awareness is brought to it, light is shined on it and the steps are taken to begin healing the wound. Now, the mother wound can definitely cause all types of shit. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. And honestly, I may not even be able to touch on each and every one of the byproducts, right? The shadows and the things that are created or caused by this wound. But a few that I know that I've dealt with myself and that I have coached many women regarding our feelings of inadequacy, definitely abandonment issues, and just this compulsion for approval and love. And I find it because your mother, and yes, I, I do want to say that sons, men can have mother wounds as well. They definitely can. I know some that do. And in my case, my mother was a teenager when she had me. She was 17. And she had already lived a very, very traumatic life at that young age. 
And so there were a lot of things that I really believe were unintentionally, in some cases, inflicted upon me as a way of protection. And for a long time, I didn't realize that. I didn't. For a long time, I felt like my mother did not like me. My mother did not love me. And in many of the things that she said and did, it validated those feelings. And again, being a daughter, honestly, (laughs) here's the kicker. I'm her only daughter. I'm her only daughter. My mother raised three children by herself, me and my two younger brothers. And so a lot of things that fell upon me being the eldest were brought byproducts of what fell on her being the eldest. It's what she knew, right? It's what was normal to her. Again, in these things, I now realize that the wounds from this were the reciprocation of the wounds that she was carrying. And early on, it was very, very obvious that (laughs) the expectations and the rules and things that applied to me weren't the same for my brothers. For example, I was required to do well in school. It was more than an expectation. It was a requirement. So (laughs) as a teenager, and hey, I know if any of you guys are not around my age, then this might sound kind of crazy, but Gen Xers, I know you'll feel me on this. So If I didn't bring home adequate grades, yeah, I was grounded. I was on punishment. I couldn't go outside. I couldn't, um, you know, that was back in the day when that was a thing, when we did that. (laughs) I couldn't talk on the phone. And, you know, for a girl, shit, back then that's what we did. You know, we get on the phone with our girlfriends and we talk about a whole bunch of damn nothing for hours and hours and hours on end. Yeah. Mm Mm-mm. No. No. And here, I was born and raised in the Midwest in Indiana. And so when I was in school, we got our report cards every six weeks. So literally anything below a B, I was punishment or grounded for six weeks. And I mean, to the point that things would be taken out of my room, like, hey, you know, music was a big thing for me. So like my radio would be taken out of my room. You don't get it for six weeks. The telephone was taken out of my room because, you know, we didn't have cell phones then. We had landlines, right? So you unplug that bitch from the wall, take it on out of the room. Yes. Yes. For six weeks. That's what would happen. If my grades were not where they were required to be. On the flip side of that, my brothers, (laughs) yeah, 
I, I'll just, you know, and again, I'm not calling anybody out. I just want you guys to understand how I perceived it growing up. My brothers literally would bring home straight F's and be right outside playing with their friends, riding their bikes, tearing up shit. Like, you know, nothing ever happened. And so for me, that was okay. I internalize as I have to do better. She's doing this because she expects more of me. And so in order to make her proud, I need to do better. So I always had to be the smartest. I always had to be the brightest. I always had to know and know. And I think that that is what intensified my love of reading. I've always loved to read. But now, okay, I got to know shit. So I would read fucking encyclopedias. I would read fucking dictionaries. These are the things that I would, again, I don't know how you guys, how it was then. But, you know, we go to the library check out books. Yes, I'm getting reference books and shit like that, fucking geography books and anything that would help me to be smarter so I can make her happy. I can make her proud. It didn't actually work. <laughs> Never worked. But that's how I internalized it. This is what I have to do to make her happy. I just want her to be happy with what I'm doing. I was in the magnet program in high school, graduated from high school, got a full ride academic scholarship to go to college. There were some bumps in the road. There were definitely some bumps in the road because, hey, I was a child that didn't feel loved, right? I was a girl that didn't feel loved. I just wanted somebody to love me, you know? And we've heard the stories. When a girl feels unloved, what does that open her up for? <laughs> Little boys only want one thing, right? So I got pregnant. I got pregnant at 15. I got pregnant at 15. And my mother was not very well off. She wasn't even kind of well off. Some would wheel off. She barely could take care of the three of us. So she didn't ask me no questions. Asked me if I thought about it, made any plans, had any idea, none of that. I wasn't given an option but to have an abortion. I was 15. I didn't understand. I had no clue that I was pregnant. She figured it out. I didn't know. I'm a freaking kid. So, okay. That was that. And we continue on, right? So, again, I'm still seeking approval, still seeking love, still feeling that I'm not good enough no matter what I do. In her eyes. So, again, yeah, okay. You know, <laughs> I got pregnant again. This time, I'm 17. And I was so horrified that she would do the same thing again that I didn't tell her. 
crazy thing is I found out the day before my 18th birthday. So the plan was, and we're not going to tell her, I need to be good in 18 so that she can't make me do nothing I don't want to do. That worked. But, but what happened then was every woman in my immediate family proceeded to roll. Oh, what's the word? I want to say profoundly, but no, vehemently expressed to me the disappointment that I was. Mind you, when this happened, it was the pretty much the end of my senior year in high school. I was graduating. I already had the full ride scholarship to Indiana University. I was going to college. But no, nobody cared about that. So literally, literally, every woman in my family told me that I was not ever going to amount to anything. I was always going to be without. I was always going to need somebody else to take care of my child to help me with my child because I'm 17 and pregnant. I ain't going to be shit. Literally. Literally. That's what they said to me. Now, mind you, my mother has two sisters. So it was my mother, her two sisters, and her mother, which was my grandmother. For hours, hours upon hours, Upon hours, they did that because when my mother found out that I was pregnant, she automatically assumed I wasn't keeping my baby. And I told her, no, you took one. You're not taking this one. I'm keeping my baby. And that's why they were upset with me to the point that my mother told me that that decision Ruined her life. And at first, I didn't get it. I was like, what the fuck that got to do with anything? How does, what the fuck? It, it, it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. Right? It didn't. But I didn't know what her mother wound was at that point. At that point, I'm just like, you know what? She don't fucking like me. No matter what I do, it's not good enough. So it doesn't matter. I'm not one of her sons. She don't give a shit about me. So it doesn't matter what I do. So why the fuck could what I'm doing ruin her life? Don't make no sense. It made sense later. But then, 17-year-old Tanisha, that shit didn't make no fucking sense. Made no sense at all. So... I shared all of that just because I want you to understand how those feelings of inadequacy, how the abandonment issues, <laughs> and that just fucking compulsion to be accepted and loved works. And see, now that story I told you 
that that was, you know, just a little piece of my childhood up until when I was 17 or well, yeah, 17 turning 18 when I got pregnant with my oldest daughter. But that continued for years, for years and years and years, for years and years and years. Just wanting somebody, anybody. It didn't even it did not fucking matter. Just wanted somebody to love me. But see, here's the thing with that. I didn't know what love was. I knew that I loved my mother and I just wanted her to love me back. But I associated love with you gotta do shit. You gotta earn it. You gotta work hard than a motherfucker for it. And even if you don't get it the first time, you keep trying, right? The little engine that could, I think I can, I think I can. You just keep on, you just keep giving, you keep doing. Does that sound familiar? Because eventually you're going to do something big enough and great enough. That's going to make up for them not showing you that they love you. Because here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. And going back to the previous video, I'm sorry, the previous episode. They may not even realize really that that's what they're doing. Because, again, my mother. My mother. Had a very rough upbringing. And it wasn't necessarily due to my grandmother. But my grandmother had a very rough upbringing. So, see. These wounds, the mother wound, it's carried and it's passed on. It's carried and it's passed on. Now, my grandmother was not the eldest daughter. I want to say, and I'm not 100% sure, I want to say she was the second oldest. My mother was the oldest daughter. I. I'm the oldest daughter. And because I was forced to abort my, my first child, my eldest living child is a girl. And I now realize that I passed the mother womb onto her. And so, yes, I'm working on reversing that in her. Before she becomes a mother. Because I, for years and years, and I'm skipping parts, I know I am. For years and years, my thing was, I never wanted my daughters to be like me. I never wanted them to feel what I felt. I wanted them to know that I love them more than anything. Because, hey, guess what? For a long time, I didn't love me because I didn't believe that I was lovable because my mother didn't love me. You picking up what I'm putting down? Is it making sense? And understand that this is not a, I don't want this to be a sad episode. I'm sharing with you because I want you to see and I want you to understand how this works, how the cycle continues, how that wound is carried and passed on. 
And I don't tell you these things because I want you to, you know, if you ever see or meet my mother, if you look at her sideways, <laughs> because now I, I can say and now I realize a lot of it was not on purpose. A lot of it was not intentional. Some of it was, but it was brought about because of her wounds. And there's a lot of things that I'm not going to tell you as far as my mother's story. Because that's not for me to tell. But again, I want to give you at least a little bit of that information for you to understand. And again, it's carried from mother to mother to mother. You know what I mean? From mother to daughter who becomes a mother and then to her daughter who becomes a mother and then passes it on to her daughter. And so on and so forth. So I want you to know that you're not alone. If you realize that you have a mother wound, if you realize if, if any of this that I'm saying or any of this that I'm sharing, if, if it tugs at you, if it rings true to you, if you recognize it, if you understand, then I'd love to have you in Unwounded Daughters. And I went with unwounded daughters because this is about reversal. This is about removal, removal of that cycle, perpetuating, continuing, reversal of all the things that we thought about ourselves because of what we felt was missing. Mm -mm, no, we're changing it. We're changing it. We're changing it. And it's a not about us, or rather, I want to change what we've always felt guilty about, what we've always felt shame about, to what we've always tried to hide from others, that vulnerability, that, that hurt, that pain, that wound, that those scars that we didn't want anybody to see, and why we put those masks on, why we've worked ourselves to fucking death trying to get somebody to acknowledge us and love us and see us and want to support us, want to be there with us, want to walk beside us, want to hold us up when we couldn't be strong any fucking more and we just needed somebody to lean on so we could have a weak moment. For many of us, mm, that was a fucking fairy tale. And if that is you, if that's ever been you, if you're still hiding that that is you, I would love to have you in Unwounded Daughters because we can absolutely reverse this shit. We can absolutely change the fucking narrative. We can go from hurt daughters or wounded daughters who have carried the wound and who have passed the wound along to unwounded daughters who help other daughters and mothers to heal, to flip that shit. Okay? So as always, if this resonates with you, if it makes sense to you, if you know that, yeah, 
I need support in this. I recognize this and I want to change this. Yeah, hit me up on social media at Favorite Coach, both on Facebook, Instagram, and on LinkedIn. I even have a dog on TikTok that I probably haven't been on in freaking ever. <laughs> but that is at Agitator Hide. And that's a whole story about why it's different. But anyway. So, yes, I would love to have you. I would love to be there with you to support you on your journey to healing your mother wound. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to feel less than. You don't have to keep working hard to try to get somebody to love you. You're worthy of it. You are worthy of it and you deserve it. Okay? Until next time, cheers to your transformation. Thank you for listening to the You Are Immeasurable podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I would like for you to remember to subscribe so that way you'll get a notification every time a new episode is posted. Remember, if you want to share your thoughts or your concerns or you have something to add to the conversation, feel free to leave me a comment. And also, if you're enjoying my content and the things that we're talking about, make sure that you leave me your five-star ratings. Also, if you want to continue the conversation, you can join my Facebook group. It is free and it's called Owning Your Season. It'll also be listed for you below in the show notes. So again, thank you for joining. And until next time, cheers to your transformation.